Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight it's time to look back at another weekend of local sport on something that we call the Weekend Wrap. And these are some of the subjects we may be talking about. A new week on Radio New York Sport as football season comes to an end. I can't wait. The last ever home match for Newark Town at Station Road saw comfortable 3-0 victory over Renishaw. Kieran Job and Jimmy Rushby was on the score sheet and after 15 years at Collingham, it's on to the plastic carpet of the sports village. For the Blues next season, he's mumbling away in the background already, it's only Monday. Newark Flowserve ended their league campaign with a disappointing defeat. Fourth place, Hena Town's 2-1 victory, inflicting the work 60 feet of the season. That means it was nail-biting time for the club to await the FA to make the final decision. They're doing themselves no favours with those two defeats if, as they look to step five football. As I said, I've got it worked out, but I'm not the FA. And I think they've got to wait till the postman arrives sometime in May for that official, official confirmation. My maths still say it's, it's a yes. But what do I know about football? To complete a miserable day for the Lowfields Club, the reserves lost to Ruddington. They now need to win their last two matches to claim the Senior Divisions Division 2 Championship. Starting tomorrow with a home match against Ravenshead. Assuming they're going to turn up. Grantham Town also saw an end to their season with a single goal defeat at Staley Bridge. The Gingerbreads have got through three managers and just under 90 players in a season that I think they'll want to forget very quickly. And the cricket season should have started on Saturday with Collingham entertaining Notts Casuals at Dalefield, only for the weather to intervene. Newark R&M were another side to start the season with six points, with their match at Plumtree falling foul of a wet outfield. Yep, it could be that sort of summer. There's an heat wave coming, so the tellers. So, coming up tonight, Damo Parkinson, Craig Roach, Gary Atwood and David Pipes talk about their weekend but there's only one place that this show was ever going to start this week it's not quite local but it is one of my favorite subjects welcome to dirty leads tony you can leave the room now if you want to because for the next five minutes your beloved leeds united are gonna go through the mill i've left the car running you ought to as well um I had to do a quick trip to Newcastle last night to take young Finlay back. Um, so I didn't see much of it, but I did manage it. Social media is a wonderful thing for catching up on anything that you actually miss. Um, I've got no... T- I don't like Leeds. I, I, everybody knows I don't like Leeds. I class them pretty much on the same level as Derby. Don't like them. And yesterday afternoon didn't do anything to sort of then honest me too like them anymore. Let, so let's go through it in, in detail. A, the referee got it wrong because it was a foul in the middle of the pitch and he was standing three yards away from it and he decided to let the play go on. Five minutes previously, Villa had put the ball out. Now, I don't know what you think, Tony, about this. Let's put the ball out and be nice when there's an injury. It's okay when everybody does it. Unfortunately, one of the Leeds players hadn't quite quite read the script. (laughs) He stopped. Everybody else stopped. He didn't knock it two yards out of the pitch. He knocked it ten yards up front to his mate who went on, cut inside, killed it with his foot and scored a wonderful goal before it just about got throttled by a Villa defender. And then it hit the fan. Um, quite <laughs> rightly it hit the fan because that was not, that was not on. Um, I give the Leeds manager great credit. I mean, there's nothing to play for, so you can take great credit and do things like that when there's nothing to play for. If he had to win the game, would he have done it? I would have liked to think he would have done because he looked very passionate about what went off. He substituted the player that scored the goal straight away. He'd gone. He'd, he'd got rid of him. Um, he decided that Villa was going to be allowed to score a goal. He, had, he didn't have to lip read to work it out. He decided that 
he told his players what to do, and his captain Lee and his captain openly defied him. Not once, not twice, but three times. Openly defied his manager. And that brings me to the awkward part. A local player who's done very well for himself in the professional game. I'm going to leave it at just saying I don't think it was Patrick Bamford's finest hour. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look on social media. Patrick, I'm sorry, mate. As much as we love you in Newark, if what we saw on social media is correct, no. There's no place in football for that. Mr Smith. Well, uh, I, I think sometimes it's very, very difficult to uh, to defend the indefensible. And, and this was one of those occasions when you were ashamed to be a Leeds United fan uh, if you're not sort of part of the blinker brigade, which every football club has. But, um, no, it was just um, it was another embarrassing occasion uh, from a, from a club which seems to specialise in it. But I think uh, the one thing that uh, came out of it very very well was that uh, Bielsa clearly uh, realised that a, a grave injustice had been done, and uh, he tried to correct it by allowing. Um, <clears throat> Aston Villa to uh, score a goal. Obviously, the translation didn't come across too well for the uh, centre half that tried to still defend. But um, you know that's the problem when you get foreign managers who don't speak the language. I, I, I'm sort of taking a liking to this Leeds United manager because he, he got crucified for doing what everybody else does when it was sort of Spygate or whatever it was called. Um, and he come out of that well, didn't he? Because he come back fighting, and 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 you know he said that's my job, that's what I do, uh, and and it's what everybody else does, and I'll give him great credit for that. Hmm. I've still not worked out why he sits on a bucket. <laughs> you know, I mean that worries me, frankly. Okay, you're not getting away without a comment about Patrick Bamford. If you're going to play with one up front, you play with somebody like Troy Deeney don't you? Solid, big lad. You know, he'd, he'd kick his own grandmother and, and you know, come out of it solid and looking well hard. As though he'd done time, you know. So I'm not saying anything about the lads, but um, you don't want a player up front who gets blown over when someone swings a fist four yards from his face, do you? You just need to... Uh, I keep asking myself... Stronger up there. Why... Me and you and many more people like us are just not really interested in the professional game. And we love football and we talk about it, but given the choice of being going to see Leeds United and Aston Villa, we'll probably go and see RHP, Colts and Welton Bombers, which is where you went yesterday afternoon and when I went for a period of time. But the difference is, and I know before somebody throws at me there's a massive great difference in, it's still football. The difference is something happened in that match yesterday afternoon that you broke your neck to tell me about, even though I was in Newcastle. I've always had a tremendous soft spot for Aston Villa. I like the kit, I like the football club, and I've always totally disliked Birmingham City, so I'd be an ideal Villa fan. But any football club who gives a job to John Terry has let themselves down very, very badly. However... Gary Atwood, who will be one of the legendary managers in this town in years to come, and I mean up there with the best. Welton were reduced through injury to uh, uh, ten players, with uh, RHP under-15s 5-0 up, admittedly. But Gary Atwood caught the attention of the referee and said, Oi, ref, can I just uh, make a change? And he took one of his own players off to level it up so it was ten men each. And I don't think I've seen a better sporting gesture in sport in, in my 50 years of watching football. And that's why we like local sport rather than national sport. So let's get on to local sport. And Tony, are you going to do the honours, please? And yes. see if you can find us the Newark Town manager, Damo Parkinson, who's the first on our list tonight while I tell you what's coming up the rest of this week on Radio Newark Sport. Eden Tranter's making a visit to return visit Sport HQ tomorrow night. Bolton are fundraising for one of their 
it's overseas stars who's got um, very badly injured in a train crash um, she's, she'll tell us all about it tomorrow night so Eden's going to talk about she's going to talk about her football that she plays for Newark Town she's going to talk about her ice hockey that she loves um, she loves watching so it's Eden trying to show tomorrow night um, Wednesday night um, on the back of Tiger Woods we're going to sort of um, return to golf we're going to talk to the vice captain at the golf club Keith Whitfield and he's um He's popping in to talk all things golf. Um, in between that, of course, we will catch up with Not Fast and Striders because it was Marathon Weekend, of course, and um, we're going to get all the stories from the London Marathon. But it is the weekend wrap, so first up on the list tonight is a very happy Newark Town manager because they um, they won their last ever game as a home team at Station Road by three goals to nothing. Demo, um... You signed off quite well, didn't you? Yeah, I'm really happy. <laughs> I'm really, really happy. We've had a couple of wobbles last few weeks, as you do in the season. So, um, A, was being a decent side that beat us 11-0 earlier in the season before we took over. B, last game at Collingham. And C, last game of what has been obviously a tough, a tough year. Uh, really, really, really happy. Not sure the result, but how comfortable we were. Talk us through, um, talk us through um, the game in yet another gale force wind, which seems to reserve itself for Saturdays. Oh, it's embarrassing. We've had sun, <laughs> <laughs> sun all week. The water helped because we've got a couple of lads with uh, injuries, and it's been quite hard. Most of the pitch we've played on, but um, we just dealt with it better. Um, and it shows that step seven, if you can get two or three lads on the side with a little bit of experience and a little bit of ability, it settles everyone down. And we, we just settled better than they did. Um, first half, we often puffed and looked after the ball. We didn't really get anywhere, but they didn't trouble us. Um, and I said at half-time, it might be an end-of-season game. We only needed a point to guarantee night. Um, I want to win because I hate losing, as I say every week. So I said, it's up to you. Nothing I can do now. 45 minutes left. And second half they went out and yeah, just completely dominated. To be fair, I'd like to say the the work really starts for you now, but I, I'm not naive enough to sort of say that because the work started an awful long time ago, and you have already got an idea of what what you want for the start of the new season. But having said that, it's going to be one heck of a busy summer for you. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's been interesting. Obviously, I, I had a good idea when we came in. I wanted to give some young lads a chance, which we have done. Um, two weeks ago, we played a few players that had been involved previously. So, I'd, I'd look at them. Now, we've got you know a few points and moved away from the bottom. We've had a look. Um, but as we've gone on, players that I didn't think we would be able to get hold of have started calling us. Um, so, actually, it saved me a bit of time uh, <laughs> calling players and they're starting to message me and, and ring us. So, um yeah, although I've got an idea in my head, that could change over the next uh, month. Uh, obviously, we've got a decent set of friendlies, um, some some big teams, hopefully some strong, maybe one or two football league clubs, um, if I can pull that off from the contacts. Um, and they get players interested as well. No, no that, I mean, a, a couple of good high-profile friendlies really get some people knocking on them, knocking on the doors. Um is it difficult to attract players to the plastic pitch? Or, I mean, I, I was down there again on Sunday watching Gary Atwood's lot win, win the championship and it plays beautifully. Yeah, no, I, I think the problem is, is a misconception and the comparing that plastic pitch to the one that was around 20 years ago that did yeah. cause injuries. Yeah, um, and I it's mean, not. No, nah, I've been involved in the development of 3G pitches through the FA Football Foundation. If you saw the shop pad that's underneath it, there's nothing on there that is going to cause you not to ligament. Them same players have done ligaments on grass pitches, so it, it's not. People, most Premier League pitchers, a lot of football league pitchers, have got plastic in them now. Yes. So I mean, I mean, I watch those 15-year-olds of, of, of Gary Atwoods, and they—it's natural to them playing on that because that's what they do. But they play the same game on that as you would play on on grass. Yeah, exactly the same. And like I say, in the summer, well, last two weeks, to be honest, it's been absolutely rock hard. No one can tell me playing on a rock hard grass pitch is better than playing on that that 3G pitch. Um, and to be fair, that, that stadium pitch we're going on to, um, 
if you have a look at the two, that one is of a higher grade because it's to to be eligible if we get promoted a couple of leagues. Um, that surface will be adequate. So it's a decent standard and a very good grade surface. We've got Chris Wade and Sir Robinson coming in here a couple of weeks' time as part of our Chairman's Week um, when we're going to put the awkward questions to them that I, I don't um, I don't ask you. But uh, <laughs> they're both upbeat, and I think everybody is now upbeat for the future of Newark Town because they're coming home. Yeah, it's, it's, it's buzzing, and it was something that attracted me um, to take on. Obviously, the challenge. I wanted a challenge. Um but I'm going to be the first person that gets an opportunity in 15 years to run a Newark Town team in Newark. Um, you know, I'm a Newark lad. Um, I've been around Newark football for a lot of years. It's quite exciting. And no one else will get that opportunity. On a personal note, um, it looks like you, you, you won a championship of your own yesterday. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been playing as and when. I'm not the fittest anymore. And to be fair, I tore my calf yesterday. Uh, I won't on very long. Um, and just one of them things tore my calf. Um, so quite painful today, to be honest. And this um, is um, and this is Collingham winning the Newark Alliance. Um, yeah, first division, isn't it? Yeah, and again, a good group of lads. I think such a difference, and something we'll be looking at next year is the togetherness. Really, um, it's great having good players. Um, but Collingham, same players have been there week in week out. There's been a commitment. It's a good group. They're all together. They all get on. Um, Les and Jamie have been decent they've been running it um, and like I say we've got some good players but not necessarily the best individuals um, but as a group they've been way better than anyone else in that league Is that Collingham under 18s I keep looking at and I would have think De- Dean and Paul Hyde has got a protective ring around them and they won't let you anywhere near them but I don't know how much you've seen of them but they do play some lovely football I've seen them and I know one or two because I know one or two of their parents and their older siblings <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and they've had some of them have played step seven football done alright but yeah. they do it consistently uh, we, we've had one or two younger lads that have done it in one or two games but you know over a five six game period it, it's quite tough um, obviously life's changed hasn't it you know people they're working Saturdays they're working Sundays they're out drinking now and, and yeah to do it over six, seven, eight, ten, twelve games in a row is a lot more difficult than do it as a one-off. But, yes, yeah, some very, very good players there. It most certainly... Damo, we'll catch up with you sometime in the summer for a progress can report. Just, can I just uh, mention about Forrest on Wednesday? I don't know whether... Um, go, no, go for it. It's, it's yeah, on the agenda, no, no. but I'll leave it to you. Yeah, no, no, no. Just, uh, obviously, I've been asked just to mention it. We've got Forrest, and it says 16 to 23s, but uh, Jimmy Gilligan will be down. He's 23s manager. Um, and I think because they're open for quite a few people to be there, uh, they're wanting to put on a bit of a show, to be honest. So I think they're going to be very, very strong. So I think you'll see more older players and younger players from the conversations I've had with Forrest. Um, so obviously it's down at Flo, so 7.45 on Wednesday. Um, our side is all Newark lads. So how, criteria how, how's, the, Newark. how's the Flo Serve Cup final affected? Because I'm, I'm sure... Mr. Roach and Mr. Kirkham are not putting some of their players up four days for three days for no. a cup final. No, no, no. They, 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 they want to go and win that, and we want we want Flow Surf to win that game as well. You know, as much success in Newark on Saturdays as possible. So, no, unfortunately, they've got that game. Um, so, we've not been able to select any of their uh, stronger first team players. But we've got a very strong sixteen players that are all Newark based. Um, so, obviously, you come down. Every, everyone will know who they are. Um, so just again another exciting event so what time's kick off at 7.45 7.45 kick off we're going down there Tony and I are making an appearance as soon as we're finished in here um, we'll, uh, we'll mention it again tomorrow night but 7.45 at Lowfields if you want to see Newark the reborn Newark FC many of us wanted that years ago but that's another story entirely the reborn Newark FC against Nottingham Forest at Lowfields with the dream team of managers Damo and Craig. <laughs> oh, it's funny, actually. I wanted that years ago. But there you go. All right, mate. We'll catch up. Have a lovely summer from Radio Newark. Thanks for coming on this show on good days and bad days and uh, and chatting to us because, uh, you know, not every day is a good day in sport. No. I'll speak to you soon. Talk to you soon, Damo. Thank you. Cheers, Damo. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. There you go. That's uh, a very buoyant game. I wouldn't say we should be, and we look forward to... Um, we certainly look forward to Newark Town next season being a uh, 
been a force to reckon with. I've got some news for you. It's, I've got to get this news in sometime before eight o'clock. I'm buzzing. It's absolutely stunning, cracking, breaking news. I'm buzzing. You've found your indicators. I can't do it now oh. because I'm, I've got to do this. Well, on Easter Saturday, when Flowserve put 12 past Renneth, everybody thought the world was wonderful and it was an absolute breeze. And uh, since then, they've managed to lose the last two two matches. And um, me spending my regular Sunday morning half hour with the um, the calculator, if they hadn't put those 12 past Renneth, they would have been trouble because they're only above the 10th place team in this national points per games thing on goal difference. So, uh, I take it back all that I said about the Renneth. It was well worth knocking 12 goals in. Welcome back from his holidays to explain what's gone wrong in the last few days. Craig Roach. Good evening, Mick. Good evening. So, um, you can't take any responsibility for West Bridgeford because you was away. I was. Um, it's not been the end of the season that you wanted, and quite frankly, it has been fingernail-biting time, and it probably still could be. Yeah, no, far from it. Um, you know, the last uh, the last few weeks have been uh, disappointing, but, um, you know, we're talking about the West Bridgeford and the uh, Ina game on Saturday, but, you know, throughout the course of the season, we've done enough, and we've managed to uh, secure that ninth, ninth spot, uh, be it on goal difference or points, it's, it's, it's ours, and, uh, you know, it's mission accomplished the the calculations that um, I and others have worked out is that Avro which is this other team from the North West mm-hmm. finished 10th out of yeah. the 19 step 6 leagues on the points per game the top 9 as we keep saying get promoted automatically unless the FA decide to change the rules which I'm sure even they can't do but with Thamesmead Town folding and Colwyn Bay moving back to Wales it does give a bit of a breathing space because there should be two more spaces but one of those is quite likely to go to a reformed North Ferriby which I disagree with vehemently um let's just start again at seven and work the way up um Flowstead's got a better PPG than Avro and our knife it's as simple as that everybody says they are knife and the top nine go up there should not be a problem says he's sitting here with his fingers crossed and his legs crossed and everything else no I can't that changes to be honest no the FA um made that statement um, and they've also forwarded emails um, since Saturday um, confirming that as uh, near as damn it. So, like you say, unless they did something drastic like change the rules, move the goalposts, which you can't see them doing now, they've made that statement. And um, um, obviously, like I say, with uh, this mission accomplished and we've got that, uh, got that promotion where I was after. How worrying was the two defeats at the end of the season? Or, do, or I mean, can you just look at those two defeats in, in a full... In, in, in a full season is it making you sort of scratch your heads a little bit for next time round because some, some way this invincibility is sort of has disappeared over the last few days yeah I mean um, you know, looking at the season on a whole it's you know we, we was we were flying early doors and um, when there was as the expectation grew throughout the course of the season and we found ourselves um, in that position at the top you know the pressure mounts um and it's difficult, um, you know, every, everywhere we go and everybody comes towards, um, it's, it's harder to get a result. You know, they're playing at Flows here. We've had teams who are set up against us very defensively and they've spoiled us in weight. And it's probably fair to say that some of the lads have felt that pressure and, it, and it's shown um, on match days. And, and going back to your comment on the last two games, I can't say too much about the bridge one, like you say, because I wasn't there. But, you know, we just didn't perform on the day. Um, from what Kirk has filled me in on um, so we got what was deserved there although we're still creating enough chances to win the football match um, and away at Ina on Saturday now, to be fair to Ina they're the M4 team in, in the league That's, that took them to 11 successive wins which is uh, a record run for the, for the, for the league beating Selston's 9 unbeaten so you know for sure they're no mugs uh, they're a good football club good team but again on the day, we we did more than enough to win the game. Um, you know, to be honest, in the second half it was a bit like the Alamo, but we just couldn't stick the ball in the net. Um, in fact, we didn't even make the keeper make a save in the second half, so we've got no one to blame but ourselves. But you know, like I say, when you look back on the league and the season on a whole, you know, we've done enough throughout the course of the season. The table doesn't lie. Um, not just our league table, but you know, the national points per, points per ratio table, like you said, and, and we're in there. So. 
you know, credit to everybody and credit to the lads for... And for now you team. will allow me to mention the cup final. I will, yes, we'll concentrate on that now. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it wasn't important, but now which is the most important match of the season. Yeah, um, you know, it's a great relief to get the, uh, you know, the league fixtures done and dusted and to have done enough. Um, so that's that's done now. We can start looking forward as far as that's concerned. Um, for me and Kirke, it's um, it's a day out for the lads. It's a day out for the club. Um, you know, it's it'd be a fantastic way to to sign off this season um, with a cup final win. Um, should be a great occasion. It's an early kick off. Uh, I imagine there'll be plenty there. You know, Clifton side with who can play. Who can play? You know, we've played against them twice, and they're a good football inside. So I expect a good game on on Saturday. I think um, I think think we um, we will. The best of luck on Saturday. We'll see you before then, of course, because as Damo's already mentioned, uh, we have my dream, which is a um, combined Newark side um, playing, and you're and you're one of the managers, you and Damo, on Wednesday night. But it, um, Damo assures me that uh, there are no cup final players being risk. No, unfortunately, can't. Uh, I can't release any of them for uh, for Wednesday. Um, obviously. Uh, it's just the way the fixtures fell that uh, you know our lads can't be involved in that game. The ones that are uh, newer based and, and eligible to play on Saturday. But you know, um, I heard Damo touch on it earlier. Um, it's a great event um, to be out in town. It's nice to be able to do do it together. Um, there's lots of lads who have got the opportunity to play on Saturday. They're all very good players, um, and you know they've got a chance to go out and play against what's going to be a very strong Forest side. Um, you know, we're really looking forward to it. You know, the lads. Are, I'm sure the lads are looking forward to it, and have got a great opportunity to go out there and and prove what they can do. Well, let's get a big proud down there and um, and cheer on the Newark lads playing under the banner of of Newark, and then uh, everybody to Clipston for a one o'clock kickoff on, on Saturday, and hopefully some some silverware. Hopefully so. Thanks, Craig. We'll talk Thanks, to you Craig. next Tuesday because it's the bank holiday, so okay. we'll be talking to you next Tuesday. Okay. Thank okay. Thanks. Much. Bye. There we go. He's uh, he's in a relatively good mood, isn't he? To say yeah. it hasn't been the best of um, it should be weeks. Um, you know, I mean, despite the fact that uh, we lost the last two, God, them twelve goals was important at Ren. If you just don't know how important them twelve goals was, Mister well, Smith, I don't think the twelve goals actually made any difference when you consider over the course of the thirty-eight games uh, we scored an average of three point six five goals a game and conceded less than one per game. Yeah, but so. you look at Avro's <laughs> record. And the difference is, I think, about 14. Yeah, but it's, um, you know... It, even So it would have been very tight if that was a 1-0 victory. It would have been tight, but we've still been there, you know, not yeah. to worry about. Yeah, and, and by the way, Wednesday night should be a, a very good occasion because apparently it's not the Forest first team, so they should be worth watching. Shall we get back to Leeds? <laughs> or more to the point, shall we see if we can find Mr Atwood? Oh, yeah. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. with Mick and Tony. Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. And straight back to the telephones for uh, a chat for the third time in about five shows, um, no less, is uh, is Gary Atwood. Gary, thanks for joining us uh, yet again on Radio Newark Sport. Uh, let's have a little bit of an history lesson first, if we may. Um, about three weeks ago, you said, um, if we win the last five, we're champions. And I thought, OK. And then I'll have a look at the league table and yours going to go to Rushton's and you've got to go to Grimsby and you're skeggy on Easter Sunday afternoon. And it didn't look impossible, Gary, but... It looked a little bit of a dream five five games ago. Would you agree or? Yes, 
that if was in big capital letters. Yes. Um, and one by one, the games was there and the games was was won. And yeah. the, the the big sort of, if you like, fly in the ointment was always going to be Grimsby away, who's manipulated it so you had to go there for a, a Wednesday night on an half-past six kick-off and all that. But um, you took the sting out of their tail and, and beat them <laughs> in their own patch, which, you know, has probably got to go down as one of the results of the season in any level of local football. Uh, um, and then, of course, it was easy because all you got to do is win an home game against a middle-of-the-road team who'd got nothing to play for. No one was only going to turn up and make the numbers up. But very rarely, it actually happens like that. Um, the three quarters of the game that I saw, I thought Welton accredited himself very, very well, to be honest. Well, I liked the manager and I liked most of the way the team played. But before I let you get a word in edgeways, <laughs> the, the best way to kill a game is to get the manager's son to score a goal after 45 seconds to take the pressure away. Your turn. Well, it did take the pressure away for a little bit. Because you always know when you score early, you have a tendency to relax. So that was my uh, that was my fear, really, after such an early goal. But, to be fair to him, they kept the, they kept the mind on the job and the task in hand. Um, I think after five minutes, I think we doubled our lead. So I was uh, more than happy with the start. But then, as RHP normally do, they slacked off a bit, and Welton, well, to be fair, had quite a bit of possession. Uh, had a couple of good chances, really, to make it two-two. But luckily, uh, AJ and goal stopped, stopped them both, as he has done most of the season. To be fair to him, and then I think it was. I think we got another one just before half time, so we went in half time three nil. But me being a whittler as I am, and knowing what we've done in the past, it was far from over. But fortunately, the the uh, times where we've slipped up to teams lower down the league, fortunately, it didn't happen on Sunday. So, uh, proof was in the pudding at the end of the game, I think, and uh, was one very happy manager. What does the manager's son get for scoring an hat trick in the most important match of his career? Same as everybody else, a winner's medal at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> he won't get anything else from me. Gary, I mean, I think, and uh, you know, I, I, you, you sort of corrected me a little bit, but RHP Colts winning. And I know people are going to throw at you and throw at me. It's only junior football. That ain't the point. Go and watch it, and you'll and you'll say. And oh, by the way, what a crowd! Yeah, I expect I expected quite a few down there to be fair. Because when we've played Grimsby twice and Rustons and Lincoln, there's been quite a few there to be fair. And, and, and uh, it was good to see uh, some of the all the managers there as well. And, and, and that's the point I'm making. Rustons and Lincoln United. And Grimsby and Immingham, it's not it's not an easy division by any imagination, is it? No. To be fair, the top five, six including Welton, they can all take points off each other. They can and this year it's been the hardest it's been to be fair, the toughest league that I've been in since we've started. Uh, and I think to be fair next year it's only gonna get stronger. And I think it's a couple of big teams that want to come in and the other teams that are in I know already that they're strengthening for next year so it's going to be uh, even more difficult next year I I, lo- I I mean I had to go with a quarter of an hour to go um, but I went but it was lovely to see that and, and I know you was 5-0 up and all that but I know how much you also whittle um, you made sure everybody got a half decent run out as well yeah yeah. It's, that's what it's all about let's forget the winning it's it's about kids playing football at the end of the day and getting as much game time on that pitch as possible. Yeah, I must admit, I've done a couple of things this year that I've not really done in the past, but the games have been so tight. There's a couple of games where two of a couple of the subs didn't get on and I don't like doing that, but I explained it to them and they accepted it with the parents, so... And... It's not... 
not something that I do like. No, but as they, as they get older, like that, that, that comes into it more and more, doesn't it? Yeah, they, they understand, and uh, I know it's not all about the winning, but at the end of the day, the 14 and 15-year-old kids. Mm, yeah, but they all had a bit of the glory yesterday. Yeah. Now, I got two phone calls from Tony Smith um, on, my, on my trip up and back from Newcastle, uh, and one of them, he was most excitable. Um, the best thing I've ever seen in football in my whole career in journalism. Tony. Yeah, it's the um, two questions, guys. Yeah. First is, how did your number five get his nickname? I don't know, to be <laughs> honest. I, Bongo. I don't know. It came from uh, <laughs> when they used to play Fernwood Fox. I think they uh, nicknamed him that. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to ask uh, Mr. Haywood on that one, I'm afraid. He's one hell of a footballer, though. <laughs> one hell of a nickname. But honestly, the um, the thing that touched me most was, uh, OK, you're 5-0 up, fair dues. But when they were reduced to 10 men through injury, you you had a word with the ref and said, can we just bring a player off, just to level it up? I thought that was absolutely superb, mate. Well, it's, as I said, it's, it's kids' football at the end of the day. And... Uh, I'd have done it even if it had been nil-nil. Yeah. I would, yeah. Definitely. And while we're on this, I want to touch uh, onto the Woodall Spa manager. We went there third game of the season with 10 men. And he matched us and played a whole game 10 men. Yeah. Uh, we, we was 4-1 down with 20 minutes to go. And we pulled it back to win 5-4. <laughs> and <laughs> that day... I personally think won us the league because of the sportsmanship of Alan at Welton. It's fantastic. So, uh, if he's listening, I don't think he will, but cheers, mate. Yeah. Well, we started the show talking about uh, Leeds United and the shenanigans against Aston Villa <laughs> yesterday, but I think um, I think under-15 fo- under football that I saw yesterday shows why they call it the beautiful game. Yeah, at the end of the day, I try and coach them football-wise and generally in life as well. Hmm. Did manage to get, get some out. photos yesterday, Gary. They will be going on our social media site when I get home tonight. Um, I did yeah, try and put them on. Can you send them as well? I, sorry? Can you send me them as well, yeah. please? <laughs> I did try and get them on before 7 o'clock, but it didn't, it didn't, yeah, it didn't work. So we'll try again at 8 o'clock. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Massive congratulations, Gary. I think that is uh, I mean, what a performance, what a what a team all the year round. Um, when when you've had your presentation night, we must get the lads in and we must um, yeah. we must have a look at this trophy and uh, you know, ah, oh, it's just fantastic for Newark. Well done from everybody connected with local sport, Gary. A fantastic yeah. achievement from from for you and for all those lads as well. Yeah. And I'd just like to say thanks to all the all the lads that give one hundred and fifty percent all all season and the parents end of the day if the parents don't turn up and bring the kids they're not playing football as simple as that so I'd just like to say thanks to all your parents as well so it's, uh, it's just it's what it's all about it's, it's why I watch that that level Gary well done mate we'll catch up with you very soon super cheers mate thanks bye bye absolutely wonderful and did you say it's what football's all about right before we go to Pipesy um, one or two snippets from the end of the football season non-league football season that uh, I managed to pick up in the short time I, managed, I got yesterday Grimsby Borough won the end of the season winner take all in the Northern Counties East League yeah. to go into step five um, they played Campion from I think you told me the Bradford, Bra- Bradford. Campion yeah. was top of the table they drove they caught the they got a coach over there and uh, and Grimsby beat them so Grimsby go up and again Grimsby was a central Midland side four or five years ago mm-hmm. so what Flow Server doing Grimsby have done yeah so you know so well done to um, Grimsby balls over town dropped back into step seven step seven after two years and Harworth could be following them so on the one side Grimsby and Flow Serve are climbing the ladder but on the other side other t- other sides are finding it very difficult to climb the ladder. Yeah. Um, Leighton Orient got the automatic promotion spot um, back to the Football League, and it's a playoffs for the super rich Salford City, which um, <laughs> would no doubt bring a smile to your face. <laughs> well, I was talking to uh, my mate Ben on the way to uh, the match at Hena, and um, he said he went with Notts County to Leighton Orient, and he said it's a wonderful little ground, a wonderful little community right in the middle of a housing estate, and. Um, <laughs> 
it, I, I just think it's great when clubs like that do well. That's absolutely brilliant. Proper football clubs. Instead of Salford, who's ploughed all the money into it? I think there's nothing wrong with ploughing money into football, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> I quite support that. I think it's down to great chairman. All right. Um, Stockport County are back in the National League so um, Dave if you're listening I've got no doubt you'll you'll be on a high because we've got our very own Stockport Dave well known to everybody in football Dave Ersfield and massive Stockport County fan but it's nice to see another old fashioned grand old fashioned club on the up again well, I think if we could find a translator, it'd be on, wouldn't it? He would, yeah. most definitely. Colton Town finished second. Colton Town, remember Colton Town? They beat Flow Serve after the Flow Serve battered them apart from scoring. <laughs> yeah. Battered them for um, 90 minutes. Finished second bottom of the Evo Stick North. But they won't get relegated because Mansfield's going to get... AFC Mansfield's going to get relegated because they don't have any decent toilets. <laughs> genuine. <laughs> that is genuine. <laughs> Well, so Mansfield, who finished about 10 points above Carlton, are going to get relegated because, amongst other things, the, the toilets aren't up to standard. I don't think you could get, I don't think you should really encourage me in a conversation with Football Association. I've got another one for you. Football Association and toilets. I have another one for, for you. Remember Concord Rangers, the team that went to mm. Truro, 600 odd mile round trip, and had to go back to Truro because the game got abandoned, remember, because the player got injured. So they had to go back to Truro at what effectively was four days' notice. Yeah. But they had to win to get into the playoffs. So the game had to be played because Concord, Truro was trying to get out of relegation, which they haven't, and Concord was trying to get into the automatic, sorry, into the playoff places, which they have done. So well done to Concord Rangers. The only problem is they've only got 387 seats and they're supposed to have 500. So they're being kicked out of, they're being kicked out of the playoffs. They've got good toilets, but they haven't got enough seats. Oh, magic. <laughs> I know the clubs should know what's needed and it's in the rules and it's unfair to blame the FA but what no it is it's in the rules and everybody know. you know it's quite clear that if you go to step one you need 500 undercover seats it's there it's in the rules so it's Concord's own fault it does make you laugh don't it it does it does um, bring on bring on the cricket season it does make you laugh my breaking news Oh, yes. Fantastic, wonderful, great. I could not be happier. I'll tell you about it in a few minutes. Well, it should have been the start of our summer weekend wrap tonight, and David Pikes was going to tell me about taking five wickets and scoring and scoring a century in the first game of the season. But unfortunately, at 20 past 10 in the morning, the weather beat you, David. Good evening. Good evening, mate. Um, not a good start, but I no, you can't, but it's... I mean, I think you get six points for it, don't you? Yeah, we get six points. Um, the unfortunate thing is there's only two games in the first division. Or yeah, so eight. nobody uh, else is really suffering. No, that's right. And you never know. We might we might be lucky later on in the season. We might not be. So, um, you never know. Now, I always wonder if... If there can't be a gap somewhere that at least one everybody's allowed at least one match to be rearranged well i know it's difficult but yeah it's not easy the the league always asks for people's ground availabilities uh, my argument and i said it to a few guys the other day when i spoke to them is that you're in the top division of the feeder league to the premier league why why is it that some teams start on a different day to others and some teams finish on a different day to others um, because if there's promotion and relegation at stake, especially on the last day, and you've got some teams finishing a week early than others, how, how does that, that work out? It's wrong, isn't it? it, it it's, it's wrong. I don't know. In this day and age, probably, I'm probably speaking out of turn, don't know, but you could have a 20-week season and have gaps during the middle of the season, and that might help with people going on holidays and availabilities as, as well as weather situations, so... But at least start on the same weekend and finish on the same weekend, everybody. So, but there we go. It's not happened that way, and I'm probably fighting a losing battle with that one. <laughs> so we go again, and it's a, and it, and it's another home match. Another home match. Wollaston seconds next week. Um, should be a good game. I think they came up from. No, they didn't. Can't no, they but, didn't. No, 
that was in the division last year. So um, you know more about it than me. Um, and yeah, we uh, we should be uh, hopefully looking for some points again in that game. The two promoted teams actually play each other next week: West Bridgeford and the team that you forgot, Boulderton. Um, no unforgettable Boldo, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it well, is Boldo that I just... Obviously, it's only going to be a sort of a quick chat tonight because there's no cricket to talk about, but uh, yeah. you've actually rearranged a cricket match because uh, Boldo's got a wedding or something on a week on Saturday, so that game's yeah. off until the end of the season, which yeah. proves it can be rearranged. Um, so it leaves you without a Saturday, but I'm told for a very good cause, you're all getting together on the Friday night. Yeah, last season we had um, a 20-20 match on a Friday night and a bit of a social and, and get the guys together because um, we, we missed the, the local derby last year so the plan was to have a local derby in the 2020 and we continue it again this year and the theme that I know is um, um, from Balderton's ex-professional player, Akshu. He had, a, I think he believed, he had a, I believe he had an accident at home a few weeks ago and wanted to try and raise a bit of money for his treatment uh, and able to send it over to, to Sri Lanka for him. So, um, it's a good cause and um, wants to do our bit and, and help out where we can. And I, I understand from the head groundsman that um, is it um, you've let um, let Bolton have the sort of the barbecue rights? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, it's a wonderful gesture. That will make a few quid for them. Yes, yeah, so again, it's a fantastic jetch, and it's what local sport is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we started off by talking about Leeds and Aston Villa, and then we've had two or three wonderful local sport stories tonight, and and, and this is another one. Yeah, yeah and um, you can't compare football to any other sports, I'm afraid. It's law unto itself. Yeah. But, but local cricket and, and other local sports are, are kind of more in tune with humanity at times. <laughs> 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 that will do for the statement of the night, David. <laughs> it really will. Hopefully, talk to you next week about some cricket, and then we'll all come and see you um, a week on Friday. All being well, mate. Thanks, David. See ya. Thanks. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, that tickled you that one, didn't it? More in tune with humanity. I love it. Yes. Okay. Let's. Um, seven minutes left. Let's get this breaking news. Um, oh yeah, you're breaking news. Get this breaking news off my chest. You press it down when you're going left, and you press it. Yes, up when you, thank oh, you. Oh. Yes, right. Six minutes left. Um, <laughs> the um, as regular listeners of this show by now know that we do not, in any way, shape, or form, have favourites. Good lord, no. We wouldn't dream of having no. favourites on this show. Um, How is she? But the rugby club, the rugby club <laughs> girls. Um, are, are the exception to that rule, of course. And the first guest, as I've said before, the first youngster that came into this show was Jess Weaver. If you remember, Jess came in with Mark Dobb, I think even before your time, wasn't it? No, 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 no I was here. Right. Jess came in with Mark Dobb and told us of this brand new club that was starting and that was going to play rugby and we sort of looked at each other and looked around and said, yeah, OK, right. And they went on to become national champions and Jeff, <laughs> Jess scored in, in the last minute to get them um, there and um, then she went on to Loughborough School. And tomorrow night, Tony, Jess Weaver captains England under-18s against Wales in the Principality <laughs> Stadium. How good is that? Wow. I mean, when they told me at dinner time today, it was it was tears all round. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, how wow. good is that? Oh. Not just playing she's captain in their last under 18 match she is captain in england at scrum half it's just that's just what a what a rise from was it four years ago sitting in here <sighs> taking it, up rugby it, to put it, an england shirt on and a captain's armband all you have to do is brush with radio newark and it leads to well this is what i said yeah um dad phil is hot footing down to wales tomorrow and with a little bit of luck we will be going live to the principality stadium just after seven o'clock tomorrow night i thought you were going to say going with him <laughs> i won't take you there mate <laughs> um we're going live to find out how our jesse's getting on but that is an isn't it i mean we've had probably we've had the moment of the month i think because we've got to do this on thursday night and i think we've already had the moment of the month and that was gary atwood's gesture hmm. um, but I'll think of a new category for Jess Captain England. 
Well, I'm just glad you're interviewing Phil on the phone when his daughter's captain in England at, uh, at, at, at Wales because uh, I think if you were interviewing me, it would be a very embarrassing conversation. Yeah, I think I'd be in floods, bless him. Uh, I'm... Uh, it's, um, it's, uh, it's just... Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's why we do yeah, this yeah, show it is it's not for mick bradley it's not for tony smith because we've been there we've got the t-shirt and quite frankly nobody's nobody's bothered about two old codgers anymore it's for the rhp under 15 so glad you said nobody <laughs> <laughs> rhp under 15s yeah the jess weavers of this world it's just um it's it's you know we we, we started off with going to the dark side but i mean what a wonderful, wonderful gesture by Gary, and what a wonderful moment for the Weaver family and and everybody associated with Newark Rugby Club. It really is that story just gets better and better it and does, better. Doesn't it? Tomorrow night, as I said, while Tony was making his um, doing his receptionist bit, um, Eden Trant is coming to see us tomorrow night. So we'll be talking Bolton Cricket Club. We'll be talking what David was talking about, a little bit of fundraising that they're doing. Um, We'll be talking Newark Town Girls Football, who she also plays for, and we'll be also talking about high hockey, of which she's a passionate fan of. So, um, lots to talk about with Eden, and as I said, we hopefully are going live to the Principality Stadium. That sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Graham's yeah. going to have a lot to talk about. London Marathon, of course. Um, so, Graham's going to have a lot to talk about. And on Wednesday, when we talk to Not Fast Dave on his return... Um, Nettie got round. She did it. Lovely. She completed it. There's photos of her going across the line, smiling and waving. Um, she got round. And um, Andy Bridget, one of the other not fast um, runners, actually decided uh, he, he got round a little bit slower than what he should have done, Tony. And I think you probably know the story. He went down on bended knee at Cutty Sark and proposed to Liz. I, I assume it wasn't going for a personal best then. Well, I don't know the girl, but it sounds he's done all right. <laughs> so there's another story to tell them. I'm desperately trying to find out how we can actually talk to either Randy or Liz on Wednesday night as well. But uh, Dave's doing his best to try and find out for us. So, uh, <laughs> Hang on, I don't know if she said yes. <laughs> well, we're all assuming she did. <laughs> Hopefully she did. Also, there's a lot of backtracking on Facebook to do. Wednesday night, Keith Whitfield's coming in. Now, if it's the Keith Whitfield, I think it is. He used to play for Newark and Shield District Council when I used to manage them in the olden days. So that should be a good laugh, because Keith's a good lad. Um, Vice-captain of the, rub of the rugby club. Vice-captain of the golf club. No, he won't play rugby with Keith. He's uh, vice-captain of the golf club. So we're going to talk a bit of golf huh? um, on um, Wednesday night and, of course, on Thursday night. So you don't know if it's a, which one it is? No, it's... I'll know him. You've done your research. Yes. Have, yeah. I, went <laughs> I went to Newcastle, remember. Um... It's strictly <laughs> strictly me and him on Thursday night with um, with a little bit of help, I think, from Chris Hassel, because I know he's got a story he wants to tell us as well. But uh, Aidy Crampton's been home, he's had a wash, he's had a shower, he's had his tea, he's walked the dog, and he's back here. And he's on next. Enjoy. We are 